Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. And welcome to the long-awaited episode 98 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We'll be calling this episode a few. Uh, let's see, a, a exercise in focus. No, a futile exercise in focus. Now I can say it all at once, so we can cut the bad stuff out. Episode 98, a futile ex- exercise in. Fo- Hell, I can't talk. Episode 98, A Futile Exercise in Focus. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and welcome to the show. We hadn't seen y'all in a while. We've run up on episode 98. We're getting really close to 100, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. However, let me introduce you to uh, the man who makes this show go, Russ, K5TUX, up in Arkansas. Hello, Russ. Hello, Richard, and hello to everybody listening. It's uh, me, Russ, K5TUX, coming off an extraordinarily bad day. So this may be the most uh, or the least entertaining episode ever, unless Richard somehow carries the whole thing, which really is not that far from what normally happens. Uh, so, crappy mood is not an option, buddy. Oh, sorry. That's what you're going to okay. get. No, if I got to be happy, you got to be happy. Uh, ain't going to freaking happen. We don't really care if Bill is happy. <laughs> All right. Oh, there you have it. It's been, it's been a long, long few weeks. Richard been on the death door. Uh, I, in fact, he saw me in the grocery store. I walked up on him. He was standing there with his sickle and his hood. And he was standing there holding the clipboard, looking at it. And he looked up from the clip clipboard and seen me down the aisle and looked back at the clipboard and said, hey, you, I need to talk to you. And I took off running. And like, give me three steps by Leonard Skinner. Mm. Y'all go check it out. <laughs> you do sound a lot better. Well, that's because I have lots of liquid right here to uh, keep everything uh, lubricated like it's supposed to. I just hope I got enough to get through uh, this session. All right. Well, let's get through this session. What do you say? I say cut that part out. All right, I can do that. Okay, yeah. In fact, when you cut it out, cut it out, but leave, cut that part out. Okay, I'll do that. And that will entice them to, number one, number one, go over to the Linux and Ham Shack website and see what we have available in the subscription end of things because Russ has really been promoting that and pushing it, and, and it's been really going well, and I'm happy to see it growing because I am absolutely useless in the in the 
uh, getting folks to, but there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you don't hear when the show is going on. There's a lot of stuff that goes on after the show. And if you're not in the chat room, you're not here with us live, then you don't get to hear the stuff. Except if you own the subscription thing. Tell them a little bit more about the subscription thing, Russ. Do I have to? Be happy. I, I wish I could, but you have no idea how bad it's been today. I got his bad girl cousin over on the Facebook. Let me tell you about her real quick. She, What's the last thing she posted? This will probably have to be cut out if I can find it. Well, then maybe you shouldn't find it. No, I think you'll appreciate it. It'll brighten your day. My cousin, the bad girl, 34 years old, married, got kids and everything else. And she's posting stuff on the Facebook like, where is where the heck is it? Here it is. Okay. Never actually seen her in person, but she's bad. Bad, bad, bad. Bad, 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 bad. I'm getting my singing voice back. And yeah. So tell them about sub- that, 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 that. Well, okay. So now I I'm can. Just, I'm just so happy to be here. Please tell them about the subscription, Russ. See, now I can say after a brief pause in the released episode. Now, if you were a subscriber, you'd have heard what just got cut out. All of it. Yeah, all of it. My bad girl cousin. That's right. Well, right now we're we're set up so that you can have access to unedited versions of the show. You have access to the Etherpad that we use for our topics, and you can even edit that and put in suggestions and stuff like that if you're nice and don't abuse the privilege and we have to slap your hand and put you in chains and uh then there's also the music free episodes and well um there's there's more stuff there's some some swag ideas that i've got that haven't come to fruition yet but you'll be able to partake in those and uh, all of that comes with a subscription that costs you a mere twenty dollars per year or if you don't like doing yearly things a mere two dollars per month gets you access to all of that and all the stuff i haven't thought of yet those are the benefits of subscription uh, plus uh richard and i's undying gratitude yeah I, I keep trying to tell him y'all that there's not 20 months in a year but he doesn't believe me no what's that got to do with anything <laughs> <laughs> well it's inflation that's what it is inflation all right it's okay see he's not even playing with the jokes this week he, he uh, poor Russ. Russ's head is so bad. We had like pellet sleep down here. It, I walked out and it looked like the yard was full of dead beanie baby. I'm serious. It was like weird, weird. See, I told y'all a futile exercise in focus. A futile exercise in focus. Futile? Right. You mean like huh? futile? You mean like 800s and serfs and stuff like that? Or do you mean futile? Yeah, Picard. Oh, okay. You old Borg boy. Yeah, buddy. So you want to tell them about our first thing that we ought to tell them about? No, I'd rather talk about something else. Oh, Let's okay. See. What was it? What was I, I? It was right on the tip of my mind. Something. It was right in. It was certainly in the frontal lobe. It was on the tip of your mind, which confirms that you do have a pointy head. There was something that was going on. Oh, I remember what it was. We had a screaming kid over here. Brenda was babysitting that baby. And every time she'd hit the highest note she would hit, my brain would jump out of my head, run around around it three times and jump back in. It was the scariest thing you ever saw. I remember what it is now. We're coming up on episode 100, children. We're coming up on episode 100. And with any luck, 
this episode will be out in time so that all of y'all can hear what I'm fixing to say. We are looking for y'all to comment on the show. We would like live comments, recorded comments, uh, sideways comments, a greeting card with some flowers would be nice. Uh, just whatever. So that, cause we're coming up on episode 100. We ain't made a big deal about it because we all been like sick and angry and, and puffy and snowed in and everything else. Uh, I think Bill was even allergic. I'm not sure, but here we are episode 98. We got two more to go and we'll be at a hundred. So y'all get in touch with us, Russ. How can they get in touch with the show? Well, the usual ways, the easiest way is to send an email probably to info at lhspodcast.info. You can also call our voice line and leave us a message. That's uh, 909-547-7469. And if you like the letter thing, that's 909-LHS-SHOW. And comments on the website, too. You can also... Don't forget Facebook. No, that's right. There's also Facebook. There's Google+. Plus. We now have the Linux in the Ham Shack Google Plus community, which uh, seems to be going pretty well. We definitely want people to sign up for that. You can leave us comments over there and, and so on. There's also Twitter, and there's a Black Sparrow Media Twitter account, which is uh, BSM underscore network, and there's also LHS Podcast for Linux in the Hamshack. So lots of different avenues for you to leave us comments, feedback, hate mail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And since he said something about it, y'all make sure y'all send those messages in, uh, emails and posts and phone calls and you can send a mariachi band over to Russ's house, just all kinds of stuff. In fact, we need a mariachi band on here for episode 100. Uh, Bill, get on that. Or maybe we can get Ted and Bill to work on it together, something. But since he brought it up, we would like to invite each and every one of you podcasters out there that listen to our show. And we know there's Linux podcasters and we know there's amateur radio podcasters that get listen to our show to go over to the Black Sparrow Media website, check it out. It doesn't cost you nothing to sign up, but it gives a central point for uh, folks to download all the shows together instead of having to have 100,000 things floating around in your podcatcher so that uh, you can just pick it all up in one spot. So podcasters, get with us. And and join up with the Black Sparrow Media Network. Is that uh, BlackSparrowMedia.com? I forgot. Yep, BlackSparrowMedia.com will do it. BlackSparrowMedia.net will also do it. You'll be on, the, you know, if you join us, you'll be on our aggregated feed. Plus, you'll also be added to our mobile app. So you will be able to have your content distributed via iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. So don't forget that benefit. And that's a freebie too. Well, there you go. So now we've covered all the business of the day, all the business of the day. Hey, y'all, y'all send us some nice messages for episode 100. Y'all go over to blacksparrowmedia.com. Uh, go check out the LHS website and check out the, the subscription thing and all that good stuff. And make sure that you let us know what you think. Send all hate mail to, I don't know, uglybadger at hatemail.com. All right, so let's try 
and get on with some actual content on the show. And let's start with Dayton Hamvention. Dayton Hamvention's coming up. It's coming up, but it's going to be here before we know it. In fact, it's running up our tailpipe. We can see it in the rearview mirror. So tell us all about what's going on with Dayton Hamvention, Russ. Well, I can't speak for Dayton Hamvention as far as the event itself, but I can say that we are once again this year going to try and be there. And in order to do that, we have to enlist the help of our listeners to provide us with a few donations. You know, uh, lots more people means smaller donations, but we are asking for donations to go to the Hamvention again this year. We'll be in the same booth if we get the funds. So go to the website, lhspodcast.info. The little thermometer thingy is on the left-hand side. And if you make a donation to the show, that little thing will go up. And hopefully when it gets to the top, it will explode. And when that happens, I and Cheryl and who knows who else, probably some other listeners and, and, uh, maybe even Richard, if you know, okay, zero chance of that. But anyway, somebody will be out at Dayton Hamvention and, and we'd really like to be there. So if you can spare a dollar or two. Go over to lhspodcast.info and uh, see if we can't make that thermometer explode. That's right. I, Richard won't be eligible for, for vacation yet, so I don't know. I really don't know. However, uh, y'all uh, y'all go over and, and drop a dollar in the kitty. Uh, the fund has begun. Please donate if you can. That's Russ's slogan. I think it's kind of cool. Okay. We received another message from Kevin O'Brien, publicity director from the Ohio Linux Fest. Kevin wants us to know, uh, let's see, as we all plan for the 2013 event, we want to make uh, this even bigger and better than last year. And we think the best way to do that is with the ideas of our friends in the open source community. That would be you and you and you over there. But not that guy in the back with his no finger in his nose. Okay, open source community. So we have put up a very brief survey. Really, it's uh, only two questions. This will be open for the next two weeks to gather as many good ideas as possible. Then we will take the top ideas and put them out for a vote to see which are the most popular. Uh, winner gets free t-shirt, but the real payoff is that you just may help make Ohio Linux Fest the best event ever. Thank you. No, the best event ever is going to be episode 100 of Linux in the Hamjack. Anyway, thank you. Uh, and go to HTTP colon stroke stroke Ohio Linux dot org. Ohio Linux Fest. No. OhioLinux.org. Uh, HTTP colon stroke stroke OhioLinux.org. And uh, find the survey and check it out. And have, uh, have you gone surveyed yet, Russ? I have gone and surveyed. And I will say that it is an extremely short survey. So if you do get a couple of seconds to try and help out Ohio Linux Fest, go on over to OhioLinux.org and uh, do that for us. They, they will be eternally grateful or something. Right. And uh, uh, go there for Richard and survey for me, too. And, um, and try and make uh, Ohio Linux Fest. is. Uh, I mean, it's do uh, man, 
these things have just come to life since uh, uh, a lot of them have just started since we started doing this show. And they've turned into really, really good places uh, to go. I mean, uh, I have, I, you know, uh, I lost my mind. Starting to feel like Jace on Duck Commander. Anyway, y'all go over to the website. All right. So uh, what we got next, Russ? Next up, we got a personal appeal from Jonathan Netto, who contacted me a few days ago and said, hey, could you please mention the Northeast Linux Fest for this year? Because we've got a change in venue and we need everybody to know about it. And I said, sure thing. I'll let everybody know on the next episode. So we're doing that now. I think this is the third installation of the Northeast Linux Fest is going to be held this year, March 16th and 17th. Uh, which I believe is a Friday and Saturday. I have to wait for Bill to confirm that. Anyway, instead of being out in Worcester this year, it's going to be at Harvard in Cambridge. So I don't know if that's a step up for the show, but it's certainly a step up in educational institution. Yeah. College chicks. (laughs) Harrison in the chat room says it's Saturday and Sunday. So anyway. 16th and 17th, uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, that's of March, Cambridge, Massachusetts at Harvard. And uh, if you want more information about the Northeast Linux Fest and you happen to be in Massachusetts or the surrounding area or feel like flying in there from wherever you are, go to www.northeastlinuxfest.org. And And there uh, you go. Check it out. Northeastlinuxfest.org. And the great thing is it's at Harvard. Think about this, guys. Harvard University. That means not only college chicks, but college chicks that are studying to be lawyers and doctors. If you find one while you're there with a set of gloves on, send her my way. NortheastLinuxFest.org. I'm sorry, Russ. I didn't mean to rain on your parade. (laughs) Not at all. Ooh, he giggled. We're getting there, kids. We're getting there. Okay. Now we're going to get to hear more about Russ's pie. Now, this is a little confusing to me because I've, I've met Russ and I've seen Russ and I wouldn't think he would have a pie. But, hey, you know, different strokes for other people. So tell us about your raspberry pie. Okay, this is just a quick update for everybody because I mentioned. And I won't uh, interrupt this time. Oh, of course you won't. You sure? I think. Okay. Uh, It was either the last episode or the one before that. I mentioned that I finally had my raspberry pie up and running and that I I had found that article. I'm sorry. I thought we were doing the Indian thing again. Oh, I had found an article from a uh, Northwest Indian brother. No, uh, actually a Canadian who had installed SVX link and QTEL on his Raspberry Pi and got it to work. And I was thinking that I would probably go ahead and do the same. And I did. I got SVX link installed on my Raspberry Pi, but whenever I would run it, my Raspberry Pi would run okay for about 10 minutes. Then it would key up the radio to ID and then completely lock up. And this was, of course, a bad thing. So I did some digging around on the inner tubes and I found the reason for my problem. It turns out there's a command line switch that has to be enabled in the configuration in order to fix a problem with the ethernet port on the raspberry Pi locking up randomly 
when you have certain, I think, I think it's because you have certain USB devices hooked up to the Raspberry Pi. And I think in my case, it's the USB serial adapter that was causing the issue. So basically what I had to do is I had to find a, a file called stroke boot stroke CMD line dot text or slash boot slash command line dot text, however you prefer to say it. And in there, I had to put in this crazy line that says DWC underscore OTG dot FIQ underscore fix underscore enable equals zero. Now, I honestly did a search for Ethernets and FIQ fixes and stuff like that, and I could not find any information on what this does or why it works. But once I did this and rebooted my Raspberry Pi, everything came up, and then I fired up SVX Link, got it connected to my radio using a USB to serial uh, connection dongle with my Rascal GLX, hooked up to my Kenwood TMG707A, through my Cushcraft AR2XB up on the roof. And now I have the Simplex node up and running on uh, 146225 in this area, and it's connected to uh, Echolink node 54711. And that is now running full-time on my Raspberry Pi. So I, I have success running SVX links, uh, otherwise known as Echolink, on a Raspberry Pi, and I have my node back up. I'm not on it all the time, but you know, if, uh, you're looking to contact me or, or any others who, uh, might also like conference in with node five, four, seven, one, one to talk with the uh, LHS guys, i.e. me or Richard or whoever else might be on there as a listener or whatnot. Uh, that is one place you can now go to chat with us on air. That's my update about the pie. Now we've heard more about Russ's pie than we ever wanted to know. To know. Yes. So uh, Russ has got his, got his Echolink node happening on the Raspberry Pi, but uh, there's also apparently a forum. What was this about a, a forum on uh, uh, amateur radio and Pi? This I was told about by one of our listeners, and I can't remember who right now. As, as soon as I do remember who told me about this, I will make sure to mention it. They also told me about the next item that we're going to talk about. Um, but basically if you're interested in raspberry Pi for amateur radio use, and you happen to like internet based forums or fora, then you can go to HTTP colon stroke stroke amateur radio Pi pi.com stroke forum. And there are forums there. Imagine that for all different ways to use your pie with amateur radio. Ooh. So uh, if you're interested in that and you like to chat with people via forums about this kind of thing, or you have questions and maybe you need answers, this is one resource that you can use. That's all I have to say about that. Boy, I still like that damn music he comes up with. It just boom stops. You're supposed to be on top of these things. Oh, well, I, hope to be on top of something in in a few weeks but uh, as it stands right now uh, number one i misplaced my baggie and number two um is this something you really want to be talking about it just bad girls around anyway uh okay so uh there you go 
And that's a Raspberry Amateur Radio Pie thingy. So let's talk about Winterfield Day. I don't know how many of y'all know this, but the Society for the Preservation of Amateur Radio has had a Winterfield Day for about 17 centuries now. And um, they, they do it very well, and it always comes off pretty well, and it's always fun to work with. Uh, how'd you find out about the Winterfield? Oh, the guy from uh, the Raspberry Pi thing sent it to you, didn't he? Yeah, he's one of our listeners, and he he caught me on IRC a couple of weeks back and said, "Hey, here's a couple of things you can talk about." This was one of them, so there there it is. Okay, well, see, I don't think he can cut that. I don't think he'll cut this. He may badger it, but anyway, um, uh, if you sent these two things in. Uh, send us a message, an email or something that says, Hey, dumbass, I'm the one that sent you this. So, uh, it may make it in. It may not. Um, I'm not sure if the FCC or whoever or the family oriented people give a, give a crap anyway. So let an exercise in the futility of focus, the futility of focus, no focus factor or something anyway. So. Uh, y'all go, are you going to try and work this, uh, winter field day, Russ? I'm going to try, but usually these things wind up on days like the weekend where I'm not really near any radio gear. So I wind up not being able to do it. It will be on the 26th would be a Saturday. Yep. See, that's how it usually happens. Yeah. You got to like get drunk and play cards and wear funny hats that day. Don't you? Yeah. And see, honestly, that's a little more fun. Yeah, but you ain't got as many bad girls around you as I do. Well, I'll have to live with that. Anyway, y'all go check out the SPAR Winterfield Day, uh, SPAR, Society for the Preservation of Amateur Radio. And uh, that's going to be at http colon stroke stroke www.spar-hams.org stroke contest stroke winter fd stroke index.php they've been around so long that they still i don't know what anyway it'll be january 26 at 1700 zulu through january 27th through 1700 zulu and you can get all the information over there at, at sparhams.org sparhams.org tell us all about hams fear i I'm, don't think i'm familiar with this I'm not actually sure I really understand the concept either. I did take a, a look at it briefly. Uh, this is another suggestion that came from, uh, what's his name that I'll, I'll think of eventually. He was, he was full of suggestions actually. Now that I think of it, I think, I think the next one was his too. <laughs> so this is a whole episode dedicated to fill in the blank. Some unknown listener, right? Anyway, hemisphere is a software amateur radio simulator. That allows you to communicate with each other using a simulated ionosphere as basically a software program that emulates radio transmission using a computer. And there's a Wikipedia article on it uh, at wikipedia.org stroke wiki stroke hamsphere with the H and the S capitalized first H. Uh, this was written by Kelly 5B4AIT. That's 5 Bravo 4 Alpha India Tango. That's really all I know about this thing. It's, it sounds kind of interesting. It, it's, uh, it, you don't have to be a licensed amateur to use it and it simulates radio propagation and allows you to communicate as, as if you were talking via radio. 
Um, so it's probably an aid for people to sort of get into the hobby and see what it's like without actually having to get the license, maybe to, to kind of push people in that direction. That's kind of what I get out of it, but I'm not really sure because I haven't used it. And, uh, since I got this information and now I haven't really had a chance to try it out, but we, we may talk about this more if I actually get, uh, some, an opportunity to use it, but that's what I know about it for now. I need to try and find some time to play with this. It's supposed to be an amateur radio simulation. Uh, talking like talking on HF. It, it uh, uh, is VOIP, but it also adds in like characteristics of stuff you would hear on the air, uh, like uh, noise effects and you know, propagation and stuff like that. I wonder if it fades and crackles and pops and whizzes. And I wonder if you can hear the woodpecker. I ain't heard the woodpecker in years. I think they probably don't do it no more. The software is written uh, to run on Windows, Apple, or Linux uh, using Java. It runs under Java. So, uh, you know, that's a great thing about, I know y'all grappy people and stuff, but Java's pretty handy because it makes a lot of stuff cross-platform. It really does. Anyway, y'all go over and check this out. What have we got as a link? We got the Wikipedia link. So go over to Wikipedia and type in Hamsphere, Hamsphere, and uh, and check it out. Okay, so uh, repeater book, what's that all about? I mean, you, you keep bringing these apps, and I don't put crap on my phone because I'm paranoid. Does your phone even do apps? Have it's it- an Android phone. Oh, okay. I didn't know you'd evolved that far. I, I thought you were kind of Cro-Magnon man when it came to mobile phones. Actually, when we get a chance, we're going to go back the other direction. Oh, you're going to head to Apple? Well, no. We're going back down to whatever's cheap. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, this one, I believe I did install this on my phone. Uh, it's basically just, um, it's kind of like the AMSAT and, oh, that other one I signed up for that I can't think of right now. It's basically just a call sign lookup for... Uh, repeaters, local repeaters, uh, repeaters, local repeaters, repeaters, repeaters. They're falling from the sky. <laughs> Repe- Great big metal cabinets flashing into flames. Yes. Oh my God. Look out. Day of the Triffids. Repeater rights. Repeater rights. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. Okay. I won't interrupt again. <laughs> but the one thing that it does is if you happen to be in a certain area, it uses your GPS locator on your smartphone to show you automatically what repeaters on pretty much every band that there is is available near you in a in your geographical area so that that's what it does i'm pretty sure it was free it's available for android which means it's probably available for iphone ipad as well but anyway you can get it in the google play store and there you go it's called repeater book so if you want that check it out oh it also uses blue cat it has the ability if you have a yezu uh ft857 or 817 to use your Bluetooth as a cat cable with uh, presumably some sort of official Yezu dongle connector apparatus type thing to uh, control your radio as well. So there you go. Holy crap. The Etherpad is changing. I would. I went and did something and it went crazy. It lost his mind. Bill's putting stuff in the, uh, in the Etherpad, which means he there will... There will be a link to the Google Play Store uh, download for Repeater Book uh, in the show notes. So there he you go. He doesn't normally do stuff like that, and it scared, it scared the hell out of me. I don't know. Try and, try and pull yourself together. 
Technologic. Technologic. Oh, please uh, don't. Blah, 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 blah. Ah, this is one version of that where it's this little girl standing in front of a, or a teenage girl standing in front of a mirror and she drew her, drew the mouth in and the mouth does its thing. Uh, Technologic. Yeah. By some French band. I don't remember who it is. Um, and they got a really cool name. I wish I could have remembered it. Anyway, y'all go, uh, y'all go take a look at repeater book. Yeah, I'm I'm fixing to back down to the land of love where cell phones are concerned. I put a thing on my phone after I got it, and I started getting emails and stuff, and it kept nagging me to send money and everything. I, I, I am crazy about security. I won't even leave my, my mess logged on at work. I log off every time I walk away from the computer because I don't want people in there messing with me, messing with my stuff. Yes. Brenda and I have decided that we are the king and the queen of the land of blood. And there you have it. Excellent. How, how long is he going to rant? He said he needed to get in bed. So, but he's going to keep on ranting. No, no, we're going to move to feedback. That's what we're going to do. So, um, boy, that's a long one. Yep. Sure is. And it's all about soft linking and hard linking. You want more than I am. You read it. All right, you want me to run? I'm I'm probably going to paraphrase because there's a lot of crap in this one. It's a big one. Yeah. Anyway, Leaf, uh, it's funny because down at the bottom of this, well, you, you'll see why I'm going to paraphrase when we get to the end. But anyway, this one is from Leaf, KC8RWR. That's Kilo Charlie 8 Romeo Whiskey Romeo. Uh, Leaf is one of our more dedicated commenters. And apparently while we were discussing hard and soft links, he was composing this email to us about hard and soft links. Like I said, I'm going to start with what he starts to say, and then I'm going to skip a bit. He says, I'm listening to 95 and I wanted to try and explain symbolic slash hard links. I think I'll throw in copies too, because I like to write too much copy file. You get two files. The same information now takes up twice as much space on your hard drive because you're storing it twice. Make a change to one, the other one stays the same. I think he means the other one. Make a link to a file rather than copying to it, and you still have one file. It just shows up in two places. It takes up barely any more space than it did to start with. Edit it in one spot, it may be changed in both. Uh, to keep things complicated, there are two kinds of links, hard and soft. Now, he's pretty much basically describing a copy of a file there and a soft link, or what a Windows user would call a shortcut. Now, I'm pretty sure we got we got down to the meat of this when we were talking about it. So let me uh, go ahead and skip the stuff on soft linking. We all sort of got that part. Now, hard linking. Let's see, where to, where to start here on hard linking? He likes to use you as examples in this email. Yeah, well, and now you're thinking we probably need some Viagra for this show. You're talking about hard linking and everything. Yeah. Okay, here it says, uh, Richard could also have made a hard link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, yeah. Richard could also have made a hard link to a file called Badger. Of course, the file is called Badger. I could do two hours on hard, Richard's hard link. Yeah. If Super Badger is a hard link, then it doesn't contain a link to the file slash home slash Richard slash Badger. Instead, it contains stuff most of us don't want to know about like the head sector, et cetera, of the physical location on the disk of that original file. 
Things still work the same way. The data is only stored in one place, only takes up about the same amount of space. If he fires up his trusty editor and opens Badger or Super Badger, he gets the same thing. But if he tries to delete Badger, the original file, nothing happens to Super Badger, which is the hard link, because Super Badger still points to the same space on his hard drive and the data doesn't get deleted because you still have a reference to the inode, which is something that he doesn't actually say, but I'm going to go and stick that in. Um, you can't delete a file until you completely dereference it. Um, so here's the weirder part. He says, say he didn't delete badger and instead he starts making changes to it. When badger is resaved, the operating system may decide to store it in a totally different place on his hard drive. Since Super Badger still points to the old location, now he might end up with two Badgers. That's because the original file was moved to a different spot, and now it points to two different locations on the hard drive, even though they still reference the same data. That data has actually been copied. Last difference, but not least, since hard links only store where on the hard disk the file is located, not which disk it is on, they only work if both the original and the hard link are on the same file system. This is something we actually discussed. Now, here's the thing at the end. Okay, Bill came in and filled most of this in after I started typing it up. Oh, well, why waste a wasted effort? I'll submit anyway. Thanks for the podcast, guys. So, like I said, he was apparently typing this all up while we were talking. Bill typed, you know, Bill straightened us all out. And then Leaf said, uh, crap. Well, I'm going to send it off anyway. Here you go. Thanks, Leaf. Um, for your wasted effort. We really appreciate it. Two badgers. Yes. You have two badgers now. Did you know that? Woohoo. RG. RG. Two badgers in a hairy sack. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Bert and Ernie coming to mind again. Oh yeah. We ended up at the moat. Anyway. Um, anyway, Lee, thank you. We hadn't heard from you a while. We thought your fingers had been broke and, um, we, we were really concerned. Thank you, thank you for an extremely lengthy email. Quite honestly, I I, I, I pushed it off on Russ because if I'd have read that thing, I'd been a choking and hacking and coughing halfway through, and then we'd had to cut out a big chunk while uh, Richard went and got his oxygen bottle and, and everything else. And So anyway, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So what, so what we got next? Oh, look, we got a comment from Leaf. Hey, Casey A at RWR, he very seldom ever writes. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, let's see. It says, uh, uh, comment on the website. I have no idea what he was commenting on, but it says, oh, but I like my all-terrain tires without them. Uh, why would I have a Jeep? Uh, well, lots of people have Jeeps without all-terrain tires. They're very noisy. Very crazy. And I come think of it, I drive several a day that have regular old street tires. But anyway, to be fair, though, I can hear the radio better in my prism with normal tires, but still not all that well. I guess I need to be on the lookout for somebody who leaves their Mac lying around, lying out. Oh, man, you can get arrested for leaving your Mac lying out. Uh, bringing, bringing yours to Dayton this year. He, he, he. Now, what the heck was he talking about? That was a callback to the complaint that I had about the Yezu radio that didn't have a speaker in the head unit for uh, splitting it apart. And he was, some comment was made about the fact that he couldn't hear his speaker 
in his Jeep and that any speaker you could put in the head unit of a radio wouldn't be loud enough. So that's why he's talking about it. And I said, you know, the, the older G3 Apple Macintoshes had tiny speakers that played very loud. And so he wants to steal my Mac, but of course I don't have that anymore. So jokes on you. Oh no, you let the amazing fruit filled computer go. Well, no, I, I have a newer one. Oh, I see. <sighs> Slave to fashion. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Holy crap. We got one of them damn iPads floating around this house and I'm doggone. I use it as a coaster. Oh, whatever. Well, there you go. Seriously. <laughs> In fact, short story, uh, boy goes by his iPad. Can't do nothing with the iPad. Uh, most especially he can't get on the website at work and, and take the courses he needs to take and everything. I guess you have, you may or may not have figured it out yet. We went to work at the same place. So yesterday he goes buys a, a laptop so that he can do that. So now he's got this like $200 or what is it? $700, uh, iPod that, uh, all he can do is play music on it. Oh yeah. And angry birds. I think he can play angry birds on it. He may have to do it on a laptop. I don't know. So let's move on kids. We're starting to stagnate. I can smell it. All right. We have a voicemail boop, 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 boop. from the radio gangsta, AKA rich Katie's Katie zero RG. Wait a minute. That sounds familiar. Oh yeah. That's guy that does that lovely, lovely show that we're not going to mention because it's not on the black sparrow media network. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, why don't you, uh, point us that direction, Russ? Yeah, right. Okay. So here's, uh, some voicemail from a very, very odd person, sometimes known as rich. <laughs> anyway, uh, Radio gangsta. yeah, let me see if I can play this here. Okay, here we go. All right. Yo, yo, homies. What's up? It's the radio gangsta here. You know what I'm saying? So I was all listening to the latest, uh, Lennox in the ham shack, you know? And I was all, and you all were like, you know, way do y'all hang out and stuff. And that got me thinking, man, why don't y'all just like form a club? You know what I'm saying? It'd be like the LHS club, and it'd be like you. You could be the trustee there, Russ, and then Richard there could be like the, I don't know, the board of directors or whatever he does. And then y'all could get like Ted and Bill and all them dudes in the chat room, man, and like join up your club, you know, and then you could get like, a cool old call sign with L.A. Chess in it or something, you know what I'm saying? You feel me, dog? You know you know how it is. Yeah, hell yeah. So then you get like K5 L.A. Chess or something like that, you know what I'm saying, for the club call. And then you have like an Echo Leaf Nose Man that's always on, you know, like a conference, you know what I'm saying? And then the homies from, you know, the L.A. Chess community could like hook on up into that L.A. Chess, you know, uh, what you call it there. What did I just call it? It's a conference server, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. You know how it is, and then and then it's like I, I can see I'm driving, man. I'm driving around, and I can be like all oh, like I, I, I roll into some town that's got an Echo Link, and then I could like hook up and I could talk to the homies on you know on the on the LHS conference server. All right, well that's my ID. This is a radio gangster, man. Seven three homies. All right. Anything you want to say to that? <laughs> I just like to say uh, radio gangster. Um, thank you for sending your voicemail in. And I hope that you are able to find a qualified mental health care professional very, very soon. Seems like we have some personality issues going on there. Yeah, meaning he has more than one. But he's kind of like that. If you ever listen to the show, 
he, he does that kind of thing from time to time. Now it kind of sounded like he went all out goofy on that, but well, no, he just having a good time Yeah, I know. and we appreciate it because we, we know about having a good time. We watch everybody have one. That's right. Yeah. Except, except in Russ's case, because, uh, on Saturday nights, he plays card, drinks a lot, dances with girls and wears funny hats. Anything for a good time. Oh no, don't, nah, uh, no, <laughs> no, I got asked a while ago in the chat room. If I'm, if everybody in Texas is like me, I no, I'm unique, unique. Uh, maybe we should use the word twisted. So anyway, rich, thank you for calling in the show. Uh, that was actually a uh, quite enjoyable and I, I hope to hear from you again soon. So. Uh, now we have an email from gas, gas, Mike with no call sign in evidence. Now, see, we may have to quit, quit encouraging these folks, but let's see what he has to say. He says, hi, I know nothing about shortwave, but I was just wondering why shortwave cannot be used as a wireless internet connection to an internet service provider. Is there a fundamental problem really like? Oh, really like your show. Take care. Gas, gas, Mike. Okay. Gas, gas, Mike. I saw this last time when I was dying and death was looking at me. Now, I'm going to jump on this because I got it. Okay. Well, let me, let me do my two things. Cause I want to get them out of the way before I forget them. There's uh, and, and I'll make this quick. Then you go do whatever you got to do. Okay. Here, here are my two initial thoughts and I'm sure more will come up when Richard is speaking, but a, well, he, he asks, is there a fundamental problem? And, and as I see it, there are two fundamental problems. The first is a, no ISP that I'm aware of is set up to use any kind of amateur radio frequencies for broadband use because of licensing and any number of other issues. Plus it's probably never been promoted as an idea for any kind of internet connectivity and B because uh bandwidth constraints make it so that actually putting high speed data over the radio waves would require much much more bandwidth than would be available in most of the radio spectrum and the parts of it where it would be available the distances would most likely be so short as to be completely impractical so there's two fundamental reasons why it isn't used that way and richard will probably come up with some more the two things that came to mind first for me is number one, uh, the antenna for you to be able to use shortwave as a, uh, a means of high speed data would be huge, huge minimum of eight feet long or 98 inches, but a minimum of around eight feet long. And the further down in, in, spe- in the spectrum you go, the bigger they get the bigger they get. But most importantly in my book is number two, even at the power levels that your router runs, which is milliwatts, even at the power levels that your router runs, there would be so much interference worldwide. If people were able to use a uh, shortwave because of the way that uh, uh, HF signals propagate, and you get enough of, of them out there, you, you wouldn't, probably wouldn't be able to move any data, even if you had the spectrum to do it on, because there would be so much interference, not only coming from your neighborhood like it does with the, 
the frequencies you may use on a, a local network in your neighborhood, but you have people people worldwide banging up against each other, lost packets and crashes and all that good stuff. And I understand that uh, the way I'm talking is like on your local, local home network. But you know, if you're going to use wireless high speed data to your service provider, it's pretty much going to be the same thing. You know, uh, there are amateur radio, uh, there are some stuff going on in amateur radio where we're using two point uh, one point two and two point four gigahertz and higher to uh, create networks using off the shelf equipment, uh, routers that are readily available off the shelf in the stores and that kind of stuff, and that works out pretty well. But the bottom line is on HF, even at the minimal power levels that these kind of, these pieces of equipment run. Um, there'd be so much interference that it would be unusable. At least I, I would think so. Uh, for all of y'all listening to the show, please write in. Uh, this is a good subject. Please write in and let us hear your thoughts or call the, call the hotline or say something on a Facebook or Google or whatever. And, um, uh, let us hear your thoughts. Uh, how do you feel about that, Russ? Well, it sounds good to me. I mean, I, I know that wireless is used uh, for fairly significant broadband connections over point-to-point links where you can consolidate bandwidth either in the licensed or unlicensed segment um, segment of the spectrum, and you can actually get fairly decent throughput. But this is, like I said, it's a point-to-point link. It's sometimes used for point-to-multipoint in uh, small wireless deployments in for wireless ISPs and such like that, but it's, you know, it's up in the gigahertz range, not down in the shortwave range. Um, you know, we're talking about SHF and stuff like that, you know, for that it's, it's sometimes useful, but, uh, I, you know, I, it just doesn't seem particularly practical down in the shortwave bands. And, uh, for, for all of the reasons we named and for several, we haven't, I'm sure. And if anybody has any thoughts on, one way or the other, actually, on, on this issue of, uh, you know, using shortwave frequencies for ISP traffic, uh, let us know. It, it is uh, an interesting topic, but I think if if this kind of technology was in any way feasible, we would have already seen at least uh, demos or prototypes, you know, in the wild, and, and we don't, and so there are obviously some fundamental problems. So. Well, that was, that was the point I was getting at. You have... Uh the propagation modes available in HF, which would cause it, the interference would be horrible. Once you get up to the microwave frequencies that we're talking about, the SHF and microwave frequencies we're talking about, um, you can't help but have line of sight communication pretty much. Um, they're other than reflections off of objects like buildings and stuff like that. There's a not a whole lot of long distance type propagation to be had that way. Uh, that's one of the things that stopped me from uh, working on the what the heck it was mesh thing here. Anyway, yeah, y'all y'all send us some information. Let us know what's going on. Last but not especially not least, we have a comment via the website from Jeff KC2QZO. Great episode on Codec 2. I also love the info on Mesh Potato and Village Telco. Uh, it sounds a lot like Open Mesh. 
but with the uh, ship as an added bonus. I look forward to hearing more about Codec 2 and its progress as both a ham and an avid asterisk user. Thank you again. And that's from Jeff, KC2QZO. You know what? I have slept since then. I know we did episode, I think we talked about it one time, then we had the Codec 2 guy on here and that kind of stuff. Uh, Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. And that's the episode he's referencing, and that was many, many moons ago. So I don't remember too many of the specifics about it. But we did talk about the mesh potato, and that was one of the things that I was interested in because it did allow for mesh networking using an open mesh style device and also had built-in SIP connectivity for FXS devices on each of the nodes, which was a really cool thing. And, of course, Codec 2 has come a long way. Active development is still continuing apace. I'm on their mailing list still, and they're still working out a few bugs and everything, but Codec 2 is coming along. Maybe I should contact them and see... uh, see where they're at on this codec two project, but it's, it's out there. And, uh, there's uh what's that new codec. There's a new codec. I really couldn't tell you. I've had my head buried in the Chrysler university, so I don't know. Yeah. See, there's, there's a new, um, real low bit rate codec that's come out recently and it's gaining some traction too. And I don't know if it's, uh, even in the same class as codec two, I think it's more of a, you know, a speaks or, or even another type of, uh, MP3 codec for doing, for doing full audio range encoding, not just for voice encoding like codec two is. Bill, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> he's distracting me. No, let's see. He's talking about ILBC and no, ILBC has been around for a little while. That's not, it's not what I'm talking about anyway. Uh, it, it'll come to me at some point. Uh, I apologize for, for my brain not being able to pick up on the things I'm actually trying to talk about. Anyway, the, you know, there's lots of stuff in in uh, voice and uh, and audio compression that's that's really coming to the fore now, and uh, it's it's kind of an interesting technological evolution. And hopefully, we'll be able to report more on it as time goes by. And they, oh, oh my God, I've got had a stroke. Oh, it's a screensaver. all right and yeah and jeff yeah i'm kind of interested still interested in high-speed multimedia i just haven't had time to play with it uh new job new stuff to learn that kind of thing but thank you for uh thank you for your comment on the website and thank you for listening to the show and um uh, we hope to hear from you again soon Okay, Jeff, I found KC2 QZO. Russ is trying to interrupt me, and I'm not going to let it happen. No, it's important. I'm, it's I'm important. Not let it happen. It's nope, important. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about uh, Bill's octopus or anything else. It's not going to happen. Okay, anyway, thank you, Jeff. So what what are you and Bill conspiring about over in the corner? Yeah, we both found it independently of each other. And yes, that's the one I'm talking about, Bill. The audio codec that I was talking about is Opus, the new Opus Octopus codec. Opus codec. Yeah, at www.opus-codec.org. That's the one I was talking about. If you're interested in that, check it out. And there, I think he cut me off. No, I didn't cut you off. Oh, I thought okay. you had more to say. I, I kept interrupting you. I thought you actually were talking about something. No. No? Okay. However, my sinuses have not gotten any better. I feel sick. Everybody's saying, saying, Richard, like, get well money. 
Sam Richardson, get well money. I saw a picture today. It said Irish flu shots. It was a, uh, a goldfish bowl. that had little bottles of whiskey in it. Irish flu shots. Yeah, Sound, buddy. Sounds good. Maybe you should get one of those. We haven't, you know what? We have offended far too few people on this episode. We were in such a hurry and we've been so, Hey, we've been focused. Well, we've been kind of focused. We've been so focused. We haven't, uh, we haven't slandered any ethnic groups. We haven't talked about any country's mama. I don't consider this a bad thing. Oh, we old fuddy duddy. <laughs> fuddy duddy. Are you ready to get some food and go to bed? Yeah, that's a big old pot of beans and cornbread, beans in there, and there's cornbread to go with it and everything else. And it was hot two hours ago. I don't know what's going on with it now, but I'll just squirt some mustard in it and go on down the road. Yeehaw. Squirt mustard. No, I don't put my, I put Tabasco in my beans. There you go. So you're full of beans. Not yet, but I hope I'm hopeful that I can get those down so I can go. Ooh, that's going to make for a stinky night. (laughs) No, Brenda's really good. She figured out how to cook all the part out of bean. Okay. Got it fingered out. So with that folks, thank you for joining us this time. Um, we're going to try and get that recipe for the fartless beans happening. If you want to get in touch with me, and I don't know why you would want to, but if you want to get in touch with me, please send me an email at kb5jbv at gmail.com. kb5jbv at gmail.com. I think kb5jbv at lhs.info also works. You might give that a shot. Or you can catch up with me on the, uh, what, what they call them, social disease network, uh, social network, uh, like Facebook and Google and Twitter and not so many as I used to be on, but I'm still on a very few. So y'all, y'all get in touch, write emails, send money, most especially send money. And if you can't send money, send alcohol or cake, alcohol or cake and with that i'll hand it over to my buddy and partner russ up in arkansas so he can give you his information you right. let him have it russ all right well i think we told everybody how to get in contact with us at the beginning of the show i personally am on all of the social networks out there google plus twitter facebook myspace you name it i'm probably on it including identica and seven threes.org uh, you can find me as J.R. Woodman on most of them, sometimes K5TUX. My email address is K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. If you haven't figured out where to get in touch with us, just go back to the beginning of the show and listen to it again. You'll have all the information you need. So for um, episode 98 up here in the snowy peaks in the pine forests of north central Arkansas, I'm going to say good night and happy tidings or whatever to you all and send it back down to the cardboard box next to the Trinity River because you moved back there for some reason. Uh, anyway, Richard, wrap it up for us. Oh, I'm just going to say if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you with. And remember that Akasha, the queen of all those who are damned, does not sparkle, but she doesn't have to. We'll see you next time.
it is that toenail fungus? <laughs>